You're listening to the North Canton Chapel podcast. Thank you for joining us today. The North Canton Chapel exists to make much of Jesus every day to everyone. It's our prayer that this podcast will equip you to do just that. We believe that there's nothing like the church united together in gospel community. We'd love if you'd stop in and say hello in person if you're in our neighborhood. Our gathering times are at 9 and 10.30 a.m. Thank you again for joining us today. Let's listen in. Well, good morning, everybody. Everybody doing okay? Good. Right there. All right. There's a lot more people to move off the stage, Micah. We had to pray a little longer, like give it a little bit more room to go, right? So there's five stools behind me. We'll get to this in just a little bit. I do want to say welcome to We Are NCC. Uh, we do this Sunday uh, at least once a year, usually in the fall, about this time. And it is, like, you can call it a vision Sunday. You can call it, like, pop the hood, kick the tire, whatever metaphor you like. Um, this is a time where, for us as a church, uh, we say, okay, where are we? What are we doing? What are we about? What is our North Star? What are we driving toward? What are we going after? And um, so hopefully today is helpful for you. Um, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to take a look in God's Word, of course, this morning, because that's what we do. And then uh, you're going to get to hear from some of our other ministry team leads, and uh, we're going to talk about that. That's the stools behind me. Uh, those are just going to be an opportunity for you to kind of hear and go, okay, this is where we're going here this fall as a church body. So um, I'm not sure if this happens to you. This happens to me a lot. Um, I'll, I'll catch a phrase, a phrase that like, I, I hear, whether it's on a podcast or like something I read in a book or something somebody's teaching me, and like there's just one of those phrases that Sometimes they just like really stick out to you, and you go, that, I really like that. And I heard one um, about six months ago uh, where I was training about something having to do with ministry, and, and there's this one phrase that um, was said by a woman named Lori Krieg. She's an author, and um, she's a speaker. And here's what she said that I really loved. Um, she said, clarity is kindness. So turn to somebody next to you and just say that. Clarity is kindness. Go for it. All right. Here's the idea behind that. Um, sometimes the kindest thing that you can do for somebody is to be clear, right? If you're a parent, you get that. You want to be clear about your expectations. If you are married, you want to be clear about, you know, where are we going on this date tonight or what are we doing? If you're in sales or if you're in business, you want to be clear about your value proposition, all these things like that. Clarity is kindness. And so there's a little bit of today that's going to feel a little bit like that. And so we have this statement we say every week, Dave's already said it once this morning, and I'm going to say it again. Go ahead and throw it up on the screens if we can. This is who we are as a church. It says, we exist to be the church who makes much of Jesus every day to everyone. And so I thought just for this morning, we could do this clarity as kindness bit with this statement. Because I believe there's a lot in here, and I want to show you why this statement is so important for us and why it drives us as a church. Okay, So we're going to take just about seven or eight minutes just to hear from me about this, and then we're going to talk about it, um, you're going to hear about it from the rest of uh, our ministry team leads and, and things like that. So three pieces to this. I want to kind of pull them apart. We exist to be the church, makes much of Jesus, every day to everyone. So let's take the first one. We exist to be the church. Um, my kids, they get so tired of me saying this all the time. They'll go, Dad, are, are we going to church? And like, they know where I'm going with this if you've heard me do it. I'm like, no, we're not going to church. We are the church, you know. The church is not a building. The church is not an event. The church is a people. And so I think about the Apostle Paul. If you want to write this, this one down, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I just want to read this to you quickly. 
when he was searching for a metaphor to talk about what the church is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul landed on this beautiful, complex image of a body. Here's what he says. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Then he goes into talking about this wonderful stuff about how there's different gifts, all necessary, right? It's interesting to pause for a moment and just remember that the church is not a machine. It's not this cold thing. This image of a body. Why do you choose the body? Bodies need care, don't they? Bodies have to rest. Bodies need nourishment. Bodies, you have to watch out for them. You have to be aware of what's happening. You don't just drive a body to the point of exhaustion. This is the church is like a body. You don't whip it like a dog to make it go. It's not a machine. You're not valued for your spiritual productivity. If anything, you're valued for your spiritual connectivity. Everything that this body of Christ is, you belong here. We exist to be the church. It's not an event that happens on you know, a couple of times on a Sunday morning. It's not a building. This is just where our church gathers. We exist to be the church, this frail, fragile, beautiful thing called a body. Fragile, isn't it? It takes care. Bodies only grow when they're healthy. And I think there's a lot we could do in that. Just to think about church growth. When we think about how a church grows, a church only grows when it's cared for and when it's healthy. Church health comes before church growth. So we exist to be the church, but then not only that, the second piece here. We exist to be the church who does what? That makes much of Jesus. Now, this is the one that I love. Like, I could go about a half hour on this one. You guys know that. But what is with this who makes much of Jesus? What does that actually mean? Like, what, what, give me some other language around that. Make, makes much of. We don't talk about that too much in, in our world. I want you to write down a couple of scriptures if you're taking notes. The first one comes from Isaiah chapter 26, verse 8. And here's the story. This happened in the 7th century B.C., and God's people are at a time where they're wondering what matters. Okay, this is pre-exile. This is before they get kicked out to Babylon, and God has to deal with them that way. And so Isaiah is brought on the scene. He has this, like, decades-long ministry, and he's trying to center them on what actually matters. What matters? Really what matters most? When you think about a church, you know, I got an email last week. Why did we take the cross down? Well, because we had to fix the cabling, okay? <laughs> so all these little things. We took the cross down because we had to fix the cabling because it was falling apart. What matters most? All these little things. Here's Isaiah 26, 8. See if you can get the language on this one. In your path or in the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. Your name, or your translation may say, your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts. How good is that? That takes faith. We don't talk about that. That takes a lot of faith because it means that Jesus alone is enough. 
to say that everything else that could be brilliant, everything else that could be shiny, everything else that could be good or attractive or, man, that'll get people in. Don't play that game. Your name and your noun are the desires of our hearts. It shows up again in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2. Paul says this, and you guys know me, this is kind of becoming one of my favorite verses in these days. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, this is Paul, he says, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why is that so important? And then he spins it, he says, so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so we make much of Jesus, not just because there's nothing else to make much of, but just because he is so profoundly worthy. Well, when do we do this? And here's the last one, and we'll wrap up this kind of little bit of teaching time with this. We exist to be the church that makes much of Jesus when? Every day to everyone. This answers the question of when and how. So last night, I went out to dinner with some friends. We were sitting on the balcony at Gervasi. It was one of those beautiful nights, and we just had a great dinner. And um, we had our, our server. His name was Shane. And um, I don't know if you do this when you, you go out to dinner. Uh, we don't do this every time, but we do when we feel the Lord leading us. Um, after Shane kind of got the, the orders and everything and the appetizers, he said, I'll be right back. And the appetizers came. And so I just I felt Jesus kind of prompting me. And I said, Shane, we're going we're gonna to pray for our dinner here in a little bit. How can we pray for you? And dude just kind of went like, whoa, wait, what? And I said, no, no, I just... We really believe in the power of prayer, and we're going to pray for our food anyway, so we'd really love to, to pray for you. What's, what's going on? And so he kind of took a step back, and he says, well, just pray that, that I get where I'm going. And so it's kind of one of those, like, hey, thanks, thanks for the prayer, but, like, mm, we're going to kind of do this thing. And so here's the deal. Like, I deeply believe in the power of prayer, and I hope you do too. And I don't show you that story or tell you that story to go look how spiritual the marshals are. That's not it at all. We just had an every day and every one moment right there. And we're going, okay, well, we're going to make much of Jesus right here. And we're just going to pray for Shane. Why? Because Shane's a server and he deals with grumpy people a lot. He brings a Pepsi when they want a Coke. And they ordered a shrimp salad and he brought them a crab salad and they yell at him. And so we're just going to tell them, hey, Shane, thanks for doing what you do, buddy. So, we exist to be the church who makes much of Jesus every day to everyone. There is no part of Brandon Marshall's life that is off limits to the sovereignty of Jesus. He owns every part of my life, every day to everyone. I don't get to hold anything back when I come to Christ, and neither do you. Now, here's the cool thing. You get 800, 900 people who do that kind of stuff, mm, like there's some real movement that can happen there. It's not these big, giant things that happen. This isn't like we're going to pack out a stadium and schedule a revival meeting. How does revival happen? You look in scriptures. It's a lot of small things working their way up from the ground, making much of Jesus every day to everyone. You've heard me talk about this a lot, that I, I do believe that revival is possible for our country and for our world. And I believe it starts in these very small places when eight, nine hundred people, however many, Make much of Jesus every day to everyone. So um, what we want to do, I want to invite some of our staff up. You guys know who you are. Why don't you guys come on up? And we want to give you like a peek into what this is because um, we don't do this alone. Um, this is why we call this a little bit of a, of a vision Sunday is we want you to see what does this look like in worship ministries and group life and in family ministries and then online. Uh, some of you guys that are watching online right now, um, maybe you don't know Brummy, but here he is. 
he's, he's a real flesh and blood person, not just Facebook. So Brummy and I both got glasses this week, so we're feeling a little fashionable. Anyway. So um, what I want to do is I want to hear from each one of you guys. I'm going to sit down and stop talking, and all God's people said. There you go. All right. So, Micah, why don't you start off? What's going on in worship ministries, and what are you excited about? Yeah, so I'm Micah Hasty. I'm the worship pastor here at NCC. I'm really excited about worship here at the North Canton Chapel. And when you hear us say worship, the definition for me that is the one that has just always rung true is that worship is our response to God for who he is, for what he has done. And that's expressed in and by the things that we say and the way that we live. Now, you'll notice nowhere in that definition did the music guy say anything about music. That's uh, because music is a tool to worship God. It is not the primary thing. Um, and so I don't know if you're ever going to have that where a music guy tells you that the music thing is not the real thing. Uh, but it's not. The real thing is Jesus. And as we've learned about worship here at NCC, the thing that we talk about when we say is this, is that worship is for God. It's not about us. It's not about our preferences. It's not about... Um, us all getting up here on stage and doing this fun thing, like, it's fun, it's a great expression, it's a way to worship God, but it is not the thing. Uh, and the problem begins when we start to worship how we worship rather than the one we worship. Um, and so worship is for God. It's also better together. Uh, we see consistently in scripture God's people coming together to lift up his name. And so we say that worship is better together. It's one thing uh, to do that on your own and to worship God privately, but there's something special that happens uh, when God's people come together to lift up his name, uh, to thank him for who he is and for what he's done. And then lastly, I believe that worship is a weapon against the enemy. And this is not a way that you typically hear worship talked about. Um, but, I mean, I can name anything over the last year, year and a half and go, there are some moments when I have needed to shut everything out and just worship God. Because I needed my heart and my mind to focus solely on Jesus to anchor my heart to what I knew is true. Um, and so when we talk about worship, again, it's for God, it's better together, and it's a weapon against the enemy. Uh, and so one of the ways that we do that, obviously, here at the chapel is that we do that through music. We do that through our production team in the back. There's an entire crew that runs everything back there, and they get super anxious when I start talking about them. Um, but they make everything run and do all that kind of stuff. They're the ones that are helping online happen right now. Um, and so they do a lot of fun stuff there. But there's expressions of worship that we can have in the local body. But it is always a response to God for who he is and for what he's done. Uh, and so one of the questions that I've started asking myself as we serve, whether it's in music or production or any of that here at the chapel, is am I serving in a way that will help others meet with Jesus? Because if he is the goal, if he is the thing that we focus on, if it's all about him, then the way that I serve, whether that's in family ministry or in group life or online or anywhere else, whether I am making coffee bright and early in the morning, thank God for coffee team, um, but wherever you are, am I serving in a way that's going to help others meet with Jesus? Uh, because when we do that, I believe that is true worship, and that's what it's all about here at NCC. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, you know, it is really, really cool. I think one of the things we talk about a lot is that we're, we're a church of five generations. We don't think about that too often. And so that's a hard thing to shoot for. And I just want to say thank you for doing such a good job of it. We see a little bit of it even this morning. It's, it's super exciting. So Lori Simonides, Lori is our group life director. And um, so there's nothing going on in group life these days at all. No, it's really calm. and you know, Anyway, totally joking. What's going on in group life and what are you excited about? And, and how can people connect to what's happening? 
Yeah, there is a lot that, it, you know, we're really gearing up. Um, you know, Brandon, I appreciated you um, saying again, clarity is kindness. And I think that um, for group life, maybe there's some clarity that we have started to obtain. But I think that today we can make that um, even a little bit better for you. And so um, throughout this past year, we've really um, learned a lot. Um, you know, this the quarantine and everything kind of gave us a chance to step back and, and evaluate and just check out some of the things that we were doing and that were working really well and some things that maybe we wanted to shift a little bit, and so we did. And one of those, and this is where the clarity piece comes in, first of all, we've started calling adult ministries group life, um, which is one of the things. So when you think group life, think everything adult ministry. Um, the other piece of it is where we've made a shift from where you'll hear us promoting MCs to promoting community groups. Um, that's not that our, our community groups aren't acting missionally. They truly are. They're committed to that. But we just shifted it so that if you are somebody who is just brand new to the North Canton Chapel and you hear get connected to an MC, you have no idea what that is. But a community group makes, you know, it says what it is. Um, the other area that we made a little name change, um, and name change only, was with our study groups. So our study groups are old ABFs. Again, what's an ABF? Adult Bible Fellowship. But if you haven't been here or weren't part of the chapel community growing up, you don't know what an ABF is. And so we call our Sunday morning study groups, old ABFs, Sunday morning study groups. Um, but we also are calling our midweek through the week Bible studies study groups. We are studying in a group. Clarity is kindness. So I'm trying to be kind in, uh, in these things. Trying to. There you go. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that we learned. We um, gathered together. Um, like I said, we, we had a chance to, to get together. We had some roundtables, made some um, great discoveries and some adjustments and things that are reflected um, in everything that we're going ahead with. You know, one of my soapboxes, and if you've been around me, very one of mine, did you catch that? Um, if you've been around me for any length of time, or maybe you heard me speak at our last women's event, um, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is that we're not just constantly doing this, but that we do this. And so, you know, when we think about group life and everything that we're doing here as group life, we want this to happen, right? You can't pour from an empty bucket, but then we need to be pouring out of that bucket. And so um, we are trying to really work with um, our missions board, or we have been working with our missions board, and they put together a team for us that did some research for not only with our local and global missions partners, but also with some area businesses and organizations and um, just ways that we can step out and make much of Jesus every day to everyone and those opportunities. And so that, that is available to everybody, not just to our groups, but if, if you are as an individual wanting to get connected and step out um, and need opportunities or want to know where you can get connected, we have that available to you. Um, so what we do believe in group life is that um, discipleship does happen in community. And so um, that can be in a one-on-one -on -one type of a discipleship relationship or it can be in a bigger group. Um, I truly believe that we were, and the scriptures tell us, that we were created to be in community. So in Romans 12, um, you know, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Um, 
in our membership class, we talk about this puzzle, this beautiful puzzle called the church. And each piece has its own unique shape. And all of those pieces, when they fit together and you flip that puzzle over, reveal this big, beautiful picture. And that's the way that I, I look at God's church. And so each of us here have an individual piece and a role that we need to play. And so um, it's all fitting together. We need each other to make that picture complete. And so when we think about community, um, we want to think about that too. You know, all of you that are sitting here right now, um, you know how it felt when you came back to NCC and how it filled something in your heart that maybe was missing. And so, you know, I think that um, maybe for those of you that are online uh, today, maybe you're feeling that something is missing and maybe community is it. And so, for those of you here, if you know somebody who has not yet returned, maybe reach out to them and just encourage them a little bit that, you know, we really are created for community. We need each other. Um, and so uh, we really want to um, call you to getting connected further somehow in community. And maybe it looks like you're going to step back in here into main service, but maybe it looks like you need to get connected into a, a community group or into one of our study groups, and that's fine. We want you to, to step back in where you're comfortable and where the Lord's calling you to. Um, Matt did a great job for us in opportunities. You can pick up or look at the PDF online for fall 2001. It's a, it's a I started to call it a study guide, but it's, it really could be. But this is the large print version, so it's pretty big today. Um, but it's a group life guide. And so all of the things that we have that are coming down the pike, as you can see on the slide there, um, within group life, uh, we want you to, to just take a look at that. I'm trying to really hurry. I know I have a time limit here, but um, I, the last thing that I wanted to, to tell you was that um, we used to have a pastor, Steve Ellis, years and years and years ago, and one of his favorite sayings was, come throw your feet under the table a while. And so for all of you, I'm extending an invitation to come throw your feet under my table a while and let's talk. If you're not sure how to get connected, um, obviously you can go online, um, but if, if you really feel like the Holy Spirit is prompting you to take a next step, whether it's in your faith or in getting connected, I say it all the time whenever I'm up here on the platform, but we really, as a staff, are committed to walking alongside of you in whatever that next step is that the Holy Spirit is calling you to. And so... We don't just say it, we really mean it. So come throw your feet under my table for a while. I think my, I don't know, my email address or whatever, call the office. We'll get you connected. Sorry. Sweet. Yep. Love it. Thank you, Lori. I, um, I'm going to embarrass Lori for just a second. Um, that, this phrase, we exist to be the church who makes much of Jesus every day to everyone. I'm pretty sure if, if you try and find the, the, the root of that phrase, I think Lori was the first one to say it in a meeting um, couple of years ago, and um, so I, I love that this has just come right out of who we are as a staff, and so Lori, I know that's near and dear and deep for you as well, so Judy, kind of next up, so family ministries, another just calm, sedate, quiet deal, so Judy oversees family ministries, this is like birth all the way through 18, and so Judy has a phenomenal responsibility too, why don't you tell us what's going on up there? All right, so family ministry is um, definitely experiencing a lot of growth, both in numbers, but also in individual lives. Um, one of the things that I love that you touched on, Brandon, was the, the small everyday moments, because being faithful in the little things is what leads us to these bigger things or leads us to revival. You don't make much of Jesus every day 
if you're not truly in love with him. And so what's happening is that we're seeing students and children have the Holy Spirit truly come alive in them, and we're seeing that happen in big ways and small ways. So I want to share just a couple of things that God's been doing in these different areas. Um, first, in children's, um, this summer has been just an amazing summer of, of activity. Um, we've had, well, and even beyond the summer, back to Superstart in, in the spring, we had um, preteens who were hearing about their identity in Christ, understanding that their value and their worth comes from Jesus and not from what the world says they are. Understanding that as a core is such a foundational truth to then propelling them to greater things. Um, this summer, we had summer blasts here, and many of you were a part of that. We had over 300 kids here. The kids raised over $4,000 for the Vincent House. Um, I could share amazing stories with you about parents that were walking through the doors, and they said they had a lemonade stand because the children wanted to bring in more money, or they were going and taking money from their piggy banks every day. This wasn't parents writing gigantic checks. This was actually children working for this money and and raising four thousand dollars with 300 kids is huge like they saw the need for those children to hear about jesus so that was an amazing thing um our preteens and even our children um all the way down to the youngest age of of nursery are hearing about jesus every week so sunday mornings we are helping them connect the stories of the bible to what jesus is doing or what God is doing through Jesus as a redemptive plan. So every story points to Jesus. And so helping them to put that together as a foundation is so, so important because it's going to propel them into um, their later years to have that solid faith and understanding. So then we go on to what God's doing in middle school and high school. And student ministry, I see as so many of you guys sitting down here today, and I just love the time that I get to spend with them. Honestly, God's doing amazing things. And when I say the little things are propelling big things, I really mean it. At our middle school camp this summer, we saw um, just natural leadership happening, mentorship that wasn't prompted. Um, in the pictures here, you'll see some of the kids that are sitting together, the younger kids with the older kids. Um, we saw a, a younger child who was struggling, a sixth grader who was with an eighth grader, and the eighth grader recognized it and reached out to him. Those things aren't things that you teach, and we hope that as adults that you guys are doing those same things. You're seeing those who have needs and reaching out, and so when it's starting to happen in students on their own, we see that that's the Holy Spirit working through them. Um, also, at Student Life Camp with high schoolers, we saw lots of opportunities. You know, there we were really immersed on the beach and really immersed into the culture. So we were going to a conference and growing in our faith, but then also having opportunity to share all around us. And we saw high schoolers here in this one picture. You can see where they're circled up around this lady praying. Um, we were having our small group one night outside um, sitting on the beach, and this lady was just really attentive to what we were talking about. And there were a few students who recognized it and reached out to her on their own, unprompted, shared their faith boldly, asked how they can pray for her. The story's incredible, but it goes on to that basically the woman recognized that God has been calling her, calling her back to him and really used these students in her life. Um, so amazing ways that God is just continuing to do things. You know, we're meeting every week for FTK. Um, the students are coming in for Bible study. There is intentionality of growing their faith that is happening, and it's incredible. 
But all of this couldn't happen without many, many hands. And um, as I go to the next pictures here, you'll see the realities of what it looks like to be a part of family life. So it's exhausting. It's overwhelmingly fun. It is all of, all of the above. You put it together, and some days you're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. You might see the picture of Roger with the broken ankle on the broken foot, um, Ryan Conroy asleep on the bus. Definitely some, some moments of fun. There is community that is happening amongst our volunteers because we're in this together. But we're in it because we're trying to make much of Jesus to every day to everyone. And so that is what's happening. Um, I'll tell you, on a Sunday morning here, it takes almost 75 people every Sunday morning to make Sunday mornings happen for family ministry. And that doesn't happen without many of you, as I'm looking around the room, um, helping out. And so you guys are stepping into those areas. Um, Psalm 78 says that we are called to the next generation to share our faith. And when you guys are doing that, that is an incredible way that we make much of Jesus. So thank you to the church. And I would also say, too, if you want to be a part of that community, if you want to be a part of what God's doing, feel free to reach out to me. There is always space for more help. Um, these students are amazing, and it's a great opportunity. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Judy. Um, hey, seriously, we're, we're going to take a little bit of a moment here. So if you are in here and you're not a student, can we just say how awesome it is to see our students up here, like up front? Yeah. I love it. I love it. And so thank you guys for being here. Um, you're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of today. And um, so we're grateful for you guys. And so Brummy, Matt, sorry, I can't call you Matt. It's so hard. Um, Matt is our online community pastor. And so um, quick little thing, like two, three years ago, we didn't even think this was going to be a thing. Um, we, were, we were praying and trying to seek the Lord's leadership as we moved into doing some things digital and online. I know some of you are in this room. Uh, you found the North Canton Chapel online. And your first taste of who we are and what we do, you were watching a service online and, and trying to engage. And we had, oh, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll say this, is like, I had no idea what we were doing. We're just going, okay, let's, let's just figure out how to do it. And um, Matt, you took this challenge on and um, you stepped into this place of the pastor's heart. And so I just commend you for your courage and your faithfulness. So tell us what's going on online and what you're excited about and where we're going. Yeah, so I think originally when we were talking about this, we were like, Think about like the the tools and the things we're building, almost like Apple, like Apple launch thing. Um, but as, as I was driving this week, right, right after I got my new glasses, um, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit kind of began to just like impress this on me. And I, I was thinking about this idea of online. I think as excited as we are about all the things that we're building and that we're doing. Um, you know, I want to just give you some of the why behind it as I've really prayed about this. And so for a lot of us, even we're like, well, I'm here. I don't need online. Um, you know, when I got my glasses, I didn't even realize how badly um, that my eyes had been. I didn't even realize the adjustments. I didn't even realize, like, how much more clear I could see. And when I first put them on, uh, right, there's that little headache. And I had become so adjusted to my old glasses that for a second I was like, I'm just going to go back to that. But there's this craziness in this of, man, I become so used to what I had known. And it wasn't like my, I know what my eyes without any glasses are like. But I had never even realized that there was actually better, right, than the vision that I had. 
You know, and as I've really prayed about this, about us, I think a lot of us this past year, we've sat in one of two seats. When we've been online, what we've seen is we've been at the table of bitterness, where we look at everything around us and the lens that we see and we look at others is we're just angry and bitter because there's been so much change and hurt and pain. And so we've used online spaces as a megaphone for bitterness or as a magnifying glass for brokenness. And maybe some of us here are sitting or watching online, and for you, you feel like I am the brokenness, that what the church and what others have said to you. And we've become so used to wearing these lenses of sitting at the table of bitterness and, listen, I have sat there. I understand what it's like where you're like, I'm just so angry, I'm tired, I'm bitter. Remember, there's this, this one named Jesus And he invites us to not have to sit at the table of bitterness, to not have to sit at the table of brokenness, but he invites us to his better table, his better way. You know, and as I look at online, what I see is I think what we become used to is we say, well, when we're online, as long as we write, share a sermon, right, or post a verse, we can still use this in our freedoms to talk about everything we're bitter about or all the brokenness around us. And as I've fasted, and as I've prayed, and as I've wept and watched, I say, Jesus, I want you to show us and lead us into the better way. You know, because we look at Ephesians 2, and it says, for by grace we are saved. And so in our bitterness, we we did not do anything to save ourselves. And Jesus, right, when he speaks of who he is in Matthew 11, when he says, come to me, Right, All you who are, are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest, he says, for I am gentle and lowly. And so this year, as we begin to unveil more things, this is my prayer for us. Is if you've been using your online space as a follower of Jesus, as a megaphone for bitterness, as a magnifying glass for brokenness, I would just challenge you to look back at your feet and pray. Because for me, I feel like I am called into this space, and then there are others where, right, we want to bring the hope, right, the gentle and humble Savior, right, that left heaven to make himself known, to make a way for us to be in relationship with him. And then if you're saying, what does this look like for me, we're going to begin to continue to unveil tools, right, I worked this past year, like we built this app that you're going to hear. There's going to be supplemental resources. We're going to be online. We're working to make our website better. But this is the heartbeat is, I mean, when I go online, I hope that we as the church and that every day to everyone online, that we stop being bitter because we don't have to. There is this better way, the way of Jesus. And if you are watching online, this is my one little announcement thing. Next Sunday, we're doing this online Coffee and Connect because I want to just hear from you. And when I say, where are you at? I just want to know. Um, but that's my heart. I said, we don't have to be bitter. And we don't have to be so angry about the brokenness. But right, we have right, this hope that's in Jesus, the Redeemer, the Restorer, that he is Jireh, he is Provider. And so that's my heart for us online. I love it. I love it, Matt. You know, um, quick word just to spin into where we're going to go next. You know, I, I love that you don't look at online. I think you're, you're teaching us as a team um, that this isn't just a program offering. This is a mission field. And we're going to go there because we have hope. 
and his name is Jesus. And so, um, guys, you just heard from four members of our staff, and there's many more. I wish we could just take the whole day and just, like, hear what's going on. Um, but could you give a round of applause for these four, and then by extension, everybody else. Yeah, I'm, um, we, gosh, we do have an amazing staff team, and um, I'm just blessed to be a part of leading them, and um, I'm blessed, and I'm, I'm so encouraged to just be your pastor, you guys, and so thank you so much um, for trusting us as a church this, gosh, I don't know, 18 months, two years, I don't know, <laughs> I can't remember how long it's been, um, but I want to encourage you kind of with this thought, and then we're going we're gonna to pray, and then we're going to close by singing a song um, in Christ alone which is another one of these ones, like I told Micah, I'm like, if you sing this one every week, I'll be good. Like, this is just, it's deep in me. Um, but I want to encourage you with this. If you wonder where we're going and you wonder what drives us and you wonder why we get out of bed in the morning and where we're going to be as a church as we start to think through all these other cultural issues that are bubbling up and spilling over and are, are very tough to wade through. If you're wondering, okay, where are we? What are we doing? Who are we chasing? Uh, you've heard it over and over and over again this morning. His name is Jesus. So we exist to be the church who makes much of Jesus every day to everyone. And this is just a little tip of the iceberg as to what that means. Final word for you again is you are not part of a machine. Church, you are not a cog in some, some giant structure that puts things out and does things. You are part of a body. And we love you. So let me pray for us. Father, again, we say thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the work of your son there, for giving us hope, for clarifying what matters and giving us a cause that we can take your light into dark places. So, Father, we just say that we love you. We give you today and tomorrow and the rest of our lives. Thank you for Christ and Christ alone. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the North Canton Chapel Podcast. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please share this episode with your friends or spread the word on social media. If you subscribe and leave a five-star review, it goes a long way to helping us make much of Jesus every day to everyone who hears these podcast episodes. You can also donate to this ministry at nchapel.com forward slash give. Thanks again for joining us. May you go out into your places and spaces, making much of Jesus every day to everyone.